The Top 2 Misconceptions Western Business Leaders Have About Japan By Edward Iftidi Leading a Team in a Me-Second Culture I recently caught the tail end of a town hall meeting at a multinational branch office in Japan. The leadership team on the stage encouraged the Japanese audience to start taking more paternity leave. You see, from a Western perspective, Japan has a human resources problem, Japanese people generally take very little paternity time. Most guys take a fraction of what they're entitled to. It is still common for women to permanently become full-time housewives after having their first baby. Everyone works way too many overtime hours. Most people don't use all of their holiday time, many Japanese people don't like work-from-home programs, and no one would consider, not for a second, taking a month-long holiday. So, back to the town hall meeting. Three well-meaning European executives take turns at the microphone explaining how they dropped everything for their kids. The local Japan president, a Westerner, explains to the all-Japanese audience. I took all of my paternity leave, for every one of my three kids. The female human resources director adds support. And Japan's labor code says you're entitled to take this time. And the global president of the whole operation, in Japan for a few days, says, and managers just have to figure out a way to cover for people on maternity leave or paternity leave. Because it's the right thing to do. The 100 plus all Japanese audience listens politely, the room is silent. The meeting ends without any comments from the audience. The executive team members look pleased with themselves. It's clear from their knowing glances to each other, they feel they've made a profound impact on their Japanese colleagues. Here's the problem. Japan needs a completely different approach to solving issues like excess overtime, unused holiday time, underused paternity time, and encouraging women back into the workforce. Implementing solutions, so effective in the West, will never completely be compatible with the needs of our Japanese colleagues. For over a decade people keep asking me why I live in Japan and what I like so much about the country. I've always answered that I don't really know but Japanese society just seems to suit me. It's always been an unsatisfactory answer I think to everyone, even to me. But walking in late to the town hall meeting suddenly gave me a moment of sharp clarity. The contrast of Western management saying, In the West, it's like this. And a room full of Japanese people thinking to themselves. Nice idea, but not in Japan. Suddenly, I could clearly articulate what I like so much about living in Japan. Japan is, what I refer to as, a me-second culture. The top two misconceptions Western leaders have about Japan. Western leaders interpret Japanese silence as agreement. Western leaders assume the whole world lives in a me-first culture. Interpreting silence. As I mentioned in a previous article, silence in Japan is often misinterpreted by Westerners. Many people incorrectly assume silence means agreement. Sometimes it does. Usually, it means something else. Working in Japan. Foreign executives come to Japan understanding that Japanese colleagues are usually quieter than their Western, link.medium.com. The first big mistake Westerners tend to make working in Japan is assuming everyone agrees with their opinion because often, no one speaks up to make a counterpoint. There are many reasons for this behavior. First, Japanese people hate direct confrontation. Any sort of direct confrontation is avoided whenever possible. This means, for example, People tend to prefer meeting one-on-one -on -one to discuss sensitive topics or when people need to offer their true opinions. Talking in a wide-open meeting and hashing out differences in front of a large group of people is generally considered unacceptable. 
If a Westerner insists on this kind of meeting arrangement, be prepared for many problems and concerns being raised after the meeting by Japanese colleagues. Only two weeks ago I was in a project planning meeting with three Japanese colleagues. Admittedly two of the three meeting attendees were in remote offices, but I thought it would be faster to get everyone on the phone at the same time. After a fairly extensive 30-minute discussion there was an agreement to structure a utility token issue in a particular way to establish a small token economy. I distributed the notes to all participants after the meeting by email with exactly what we had all agreed. Within 24 hours, the deal had to be restructured significantly because one of the meeting attendees privately texted his preferences and true feelings to the project manager. This example might sound a little backstabby from Western sensibilities but this is simply the way many people prefer to operate in Japan, quietly, privately, and one-on-one. -on -one. Me first culture. This leads me to the second major mistake Westerns make when working in Japan, assuming the whole world lives in a me-first culture, Japan doesn't. In the West, our main focus is generally framed as what's the best option for me. In Japan, the focus is generally on, how can I avoid inconveniencing others? It's my right to take paternity leave. In the West, we don't think that much about the increased workload of our colleagues if we take off time for paternity leave. And why should we? We'll have to cover our colleagues when they leave work for an extended period of time, it's fair. On the other hand, a Japanese colleague will be concerned with inconveniencing their colleagues with the burden of more work. These days, returning to work after maternity leave and letting young mothers leave work early to pick up young children is getting more and more common in Japan. However, a Japanese colleague recently confessed her, female, manager was putting a lot of pressure on her because she was taking maternity leave for her third child. Coercing an employee like this in the West could get a manager fired. In Japan, it's still not uncommon. It's not that my colleague doesn't have the right to take maternity leave, she absolutely does. However, from the perspective of many people in Japan, you should have the common sense to retire to make room for a new employee, so your colleagues don't need to be further burdened by yet another extended absence. After 5 p.m., it's Miller time. In the West, when the clock hits 5, we're out the door and on the way home, usually regardless of how much work our colleagues have. This is very difficult for Japanese colleagues to do. I often hear Westerners complain Japanese colleagues don't seem to be able to organize themselves and waste a lot of time on low-priority tasks, leading to excessive overtime. I used to believe this cultural misconception too, but in fact, this is a complete misunderstanding of the situation on the ground. Fact. Japanese people are as competent at prioritizing workflow as their Western counterparts are. However, Japanese colleagues face a considerable amount of peer pressure. Going home early when other colleagues are still busy is considered at best, unsympathetic, at worst, rude or disrespectful. Even if all of their high-value tasks are finished, Japanese colleagues will opt to stay late in the office and work on very low-priority tasks rather than leave their colleagues to suffer alone. Fighting in the street in Japan is virtually unheard of. In Vancouver, I could watch guys punch it out in the streets virtually any Friday or Saturday night, somewhere along Granville Street. In 10 years of living in Osaka, I've witnessed physical confrontations only twice. Once a teenager punched his friend and knocked him down. The teen committing the assault was so surprised, he reached down and helped his friend to his feet, brushed him off and the two young men walked off into the crowd together. The second time was a pushing match late at night at a train station between two obviously drunk men. In less than 10 seconds, 
a complete stranger stepped in between the two men and stopped the confrontation instantly by sternly saying only one word, demi, which means useless in Japanese. In both cases, the fighting didn't stop because the men weren't angry anymore. It stopped because the combatants realized they were selfishly imposing their problems on everyone else around them. And for the vast majority of Japanese, it's considered beyond the pale to impose inconvenience on others, even if they are complete strangers. If Japanese staff see me leaving the office early, they'll get the hint. No they won't. Westerners going home at 5 are completely ignored by Japanese staff. I've seen offices turn the lights out automatically at 5, only to have Japanese managers get up from their desks to turn the lights back on. Many offices have a chime that goes off to indicate it's time to go home. This audio cue is widely ignored and the office remains full of people, late into the evening. To be honest, the only time I ever saw an office empty out promptly every day, was after the Tohoku earthquake in 2011. In solidarity, offices and shops in Osaka tried to drastically reduce electricity consumption. It was summer and at 5 p.m. every day, the air conditioning for the entire building was shut off. Within 30 minutes, the heat was unbearable so people were forced to go home early. That's what it takes to empty an office by five in Japan. Think about that for a moment. Fixing human resource problems in Japan. Returning to the town hall meeting, how can Western leaders and companies more effectively and more realistically, reduce overtime hours and increase the use of paternity leave, use of vacation time, and work-at-home programs in Japan? Here are a few places to start. Stop assuming you have agreement when you're met with silence. Simply saying, I took all of my paternity leave, so you should too. And moving on to the next topic when no one speaks up to counter your opinion won't change anyone's mind. Although from a Western perspective it may seem like a scandalous waste of time, taking more time to let colleagues express their ideas in private often will yield faster results in the long run. Compulsory Office Rules If you're serious about cutting overtime hours, or increasing the use of paid leave to global standards, you may have to consider imposing company-specific rules. These rules will have to be made mandatory. Most Japanese managers will not enforce suggestions on their staff, and in fact may actively undercut any HR policy that isn't strictly enforced if it contradicts their working style. If Western leaders are thinking of imposing such rules to encourage a better work-life balance, Better planning will be required to stop your Japanese managers from simply circumventing your well-meaning policies. Full disclosure, stricter rules won't stop your Japanese colleagues from simply taking work home with them, but it might be the first step to encouraging a change in the business culture of your office. Start thinking about policy from a me-second perspective. The tried-and-true leadership strategies that work wonders in Western cultures often don't match Japanese sensibilities. Japanese workers want to work less overtime. They want to take more holidays, they want to be supportive of new parents taking time off work. However, these ideas need to be modified for local cultural realities. Kaizen is a nice example of a seed of an idea borrowed from the West after World War II to reduce waste in manufacturing that was modified and perfected for Japanese manufacturing. Although considered a made-for-Japan solution for manufacturing, Kaizen was reintroduced to the West and modified again for Western sensibilities. You may be more familiar with the Western versions of Kaizen, Six Sigma, Lean, Continuous Improvement. The point is, Western leaders should be open to and supportive of significant modification of Western policies to make them work in Japan. Although it may not be easy to come up with creative policies that more closely match Japanese culture, 
It's certainly easier than trying to change the culture of an entire country.